Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. When we're washing the nose, we are cleaning the osteomiatal complex, the traffic way where all the sinuses drain. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Do you need to detox? January is really a time where the word detox gets thrown around and people spew all kinds of craziness on both sides of the fence. But here's the thing. We need to show respect where respect is due, my friends. Detox is amazing. And I happen to have a pretty intimate connection and knowledge on what detox looks like and when it is slowed. From waking up with a puffy face or your eyes being swollen or retaining water weight or having skin stuff like acne, eczema, etc. pop up or identifying as a sweaty person, not handling alcohol like I did when I was 21, not waking up energized, waking up in the middle of the night, even some interesting eye symptoms I can trace to my detox systems. So what do you do? Well, thank God this is a podcast and not a Twitter post because it doesn't fit in 140 characters. When people ask me questions like, what do you think of this chlorella supplement or dandelion tea or juice cleanse? I want to sit down and give you the 101 on what's happening inside your body so you know exactly if and what that tea or supplement will or will not help. That's why I'm doing a live detox masterclass on January 8th. Don't worry, a replay will be available if you register for the live version. In my Detox Masterclass, you'll get the Detox 411 of what's going on on the inside and outside of your body, plus simple shifts you can make to make these systems work better. You'll get how often you should give your body some love on your detox pathways so your skin, digestion, energy, and just your body in general runs at its absolute best. You'll also get my two-week detox protocol that you can use, then rinse and repeat to affect everything from how much fluid you're retaining to improving sleep and energy to how much you sweat to that bare nose that you have. I've been wanting to do this forever and we're finally doing it. So just go to kristabigler.com forward slash detox to take my do you need to detox quiz and register for this jam-packed masterclass. You do not want to miss it. So we'll have this link in the show notes as well, but it's kristabigler.com forward slash detox.
I'll see you there. Okay, today on The Less Stress Life, we have Dr. Hannah Solomon, who is aka Dr. Hannah and is the founder of Be Well Health LLC and the inventor of NasoPure, the most comfortable nose wash in the world. So we're going to get so intricate on noses today, which is going to be fun for the nerds in the room. So she graduated from the University of Missouri Columbia School of Medicine in 1986 and completed the university's pediatric residency program in 1989. For 20 years, she practiced pediatrics at Solomon Family Medical Center in Columbia, Missouri. She was devoted to our community as much as her practice and served as a sexual assault forensic exam physician, served on the Rainbow House Board of Directors, a community home for abused and neglected children, volunteered as a camp physician, and served as a board member and president of Congregation Beth Shalom. She's been a guest on many things, including Medscapes, WebMD, About.com. She's contributed or been mentioned in Good Housekeeping, Women's World, and Health. She teaches the art and science of nasal washing, which has been her passion for since medical school, we'll find out all about that. She gave a TEDx presentation on the art of nasal washing, and she lectures to audiences, including medical physicians, naturopaths, nurses, nurse practitioners, respiratory therapists, and consumers. So welcome, Dr. Hanna. Thank you for having me. So I, we will all learn more about the nose. How I, exciting. I am so excited about it because it comes up often in practice where we're on the right track with a lot of things and then the nose seems to need a little extra nudging or a little bit of extra help to clear up, so to speak. So let's talk about maybe the, I don't know if we want to start with anatomy. I actually think maybe where we should start is how you got into this Okay. because no one really says they're, they're the nose doctor very often, right? I, that's the first time I heard that. And I thought, well, how t- it's a great thing because it causes people have a lot of complaints about their noses sometimes. So tell us how this started. Okay. I guess I should start with, I'm an immigrant and I was taught as a child of very poor family in New York that you don't go to the doctor unless you're near death and you just stay home and have chicken soup. So as a child, We didn't go to the doctor often. We put it in its place. And then as a young adult, I actually left New York City and joined the largest spiritual commune in the country at the time called The Farm because I wanted to change the world. And I thought if we lived in an intentional community, eating soybeans and being natural, that that would help. But after four years of that, I decided the better way to make a difference in the world would be to educate myself and become a doctor. So at age 27, with two kids and no money, no car, no home, nothing that I owned, I started uh, college, finished it in three years, started med school at age 30, single mom. And that natural approach was always in my heart. And one of my mentors in medical school, a pediatric ears, nose and throat surgeon said to me, and I was old enough to really heed his advice. Hannah, if I could get everybody to wash their nose, I would never have to do surgery again. And Dr. David Parsons is his name, a world renowned. So when I started practice, I looked for a way that I, the biggest water wimp in the world, how could I wash my nose comfortably so then I can share it with my patients? And we know that the neti pot, which is an ancient, it looks like a teapot. And Buddhist monks have been washing their nose with that device for about three, 4,000 years. But the problem with it is you have to bend over and you have to twist and contort. And for me, I didn't find it comfortable. And it didn't make sense because you're taking the garbage from your nose and then pushing it into the sinus cavity and then it drains out. By accident, I eventually discovered a comfortable way to wash. 
And that comfortable way is, I realized if you go along the nasal floor, so you're standing upright, you put the bottle in, you go along the nasal floor, you're actually causing a vacuum of the sinus, makes a U-turn and the garbage comes out. It actually feels good. And so I did this little test in my office and during a Christmas break, I made these little tiny salt packets homemade in this generic bottle. And I made a test and I gave my patients either all the instructions or for a dollar, they would buy my little homemade kit. Well, that went over so well. And the folks that were using it quit coming to see me as often. And that was the goal, right? Mm. Keep your patients well. So I started really researching the area and putting documents together. And it just really amazed me how many drugs were used in the nose and nobody was considering washing it. Like, Krista, when you fall and get a muddy cut on your knee, Mm -hmm. don't we all know that the first thing you would do is wash it? And if you're eating good food and you're nutritionally sound, there's a good chance that wound will heal. Mm -hmm. And that is what the goal is for the nose. I love it. Let's talk about anatomically. It's probably just one of those things. I think I've been on this kick just lately. There's been the wildfires and something we would normally take for granted, which would be breath and our ability to breathe and respirate, we are realizing maybe should not be taken for granted. And so we may take our nose for granted a little bit sometimes. So talk to us about what's the purpose of the nose? What's it doing? Let's talk about that whole anatomy. So we understand because this might be the first time someone's thought about washing. Like, why do I need to wash? Like, is it a garbage filter? Let's talk about anatomically the purpose and kind of what happens and why it needs washing at all. Okay. I'm going to go back to those Buddhist monks for a minute. And the reason I want to is they had, before antibiotics, they had this innate instinct to wash their nose. And it makes sense. Fast forward to modern America, last 50 years, since antibiotics, Americans are so rich, we have been trained to take a pill for each issue. I have a headache, take a pill. I have this, take a pill rather than looking at the cause. And with the overuse and abuse of antibiotics, it has really slowly coming to the forefront. Why are we looking at the nose now? Americans have put all sorts of creams and lotions, and they clean every inch except the nose. So we breathe 10,000 liters of air a day through this nose. We filter, we warm, and we humidify the air before it reaches our lungs. On the inside of the nose are these folds of tissue, which gives us a lot more surface area so we can actually handle those 10,000 liters of air. And we make a pint to a quart of mucus per day naturally. And that mucus is actually good. The problem comes in if you're sick, if you're allergic, if you have some medications that will cause dryness, if you're older, hormonal imbalance will cause thickening of the mucus. And if you have thickening of the mucus in the sinuses, and of which we have four sets, and in the nose, things get plugged up and then they get infected. We know with 100% certainty, if you clean your nose with the right stuff, enough salt and enough buffering so it doesn't burn, but it's super salty. Independent studies show 
it removes 80% of the allergens. It shrinks swollen membranes. You don't need the Dimetap or the Sudafed. It improves the mucociliary transit time 17%. It helps filter. It shrinks the swollen membranes, which I said it augments healing of bloody tissues. And to me, one of the most important variables, it makes an environment uninhabitable for bacteria, virus, and fungi. It's very common sense. If you keep it clean, it actually works for you. You mentioned, Christus, so important. We forget about the importance of breathing, but as a pediatrician and as any adult, we've all met these children who cannot breathe through their nose mm-hmm. from large adenoids or chronic congestion. Those children suffer. They don't learn as well. They don't behave as well. They don't feel normal. They don't sleep as well. And they don't eat as well. They cannot breathe well. And in my recent lecture to the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians, I challenged the audience of doctors to just hold their nose for a few minutes while I spoke Mm. to see how it feels. You don't get the filtering, you don't get the warming, and you don't get the humidification. That's why people who have asthma almost always are preceded by a nose issue. And that makes sense. If you're not cleaning the air, the first thing that gets attacked is your bronchial tubes. So we know folks who have asthma, if they wash their nose daily, have fewer episodes and they use fewer maintenance drugs. We know people who snore at night, whether you're snoring from sleep apnea, which in that case you need a CPAP machine, but if you're snoring just from congestion, in both of those cases, how can a clean nose harm you? It may help you. And we know snoring causes a lot of issues for the adult in the morning. They don't really get good sleep. Mm-hmm. And talking about the fires, I love to think about the nose as the one of the main detox organs. Mm-hmm. So I'm breathing 10,000 liters of air and assuming I live in a non-polluted, non-toxic environment. Now, add, I'm exposed to the fires. And now I'm exposed to viruses. And now I'm exposed to allergens. Maybe now I'm exposed to some gardening debris. Your nose gets overloaded. And so it is my personal goal to get folks to start washing their nose as much as they brush their teeth. Why? to stay well rather than to treat issues. It is much easier to prevent than to treat. And that's the ultimate goal. Use less drugs, first do no harm. Yeah, I love it. This is super fun. Let's talk about mucus and the importance of mucus. You said that the body naturally makes one pint to one quart of mucus daily in its uh, process of filtering 10,000 liters of air throughout the day and humidifying, etc. So what's the purpose of mucus? And as you had said, it gets congested and then we can have infections build up. So let's talk about purpose of mucus as well as can we talk about nasal biofilms a little bit because I feel as though sometimes when I'm working on things in the gut, the nose wants a little extra support. Often I have people put things in their nose. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. I love that. All right. So purpose okay, of mucus so- and nasal biofilms. 
the purpose of mucus is really to, you know, the nose has these little hairs that move the mucus around. The mucus is used to attach or to collect or to attract debris, little floating debris, microparticles that you cannot see, but that we're breathing in. And that mucus then collects it. Hopefully we swallow most of it. We cough some of it up. We get rid of it. And that's one of the reasons we want to stay well hydrated every day to keep that mucus moving. It's a blessing. It becomes a hazard if we start making extra mucus because we're ill or we're allergic and we've been exposed to something that's causing more inflammation. And so washing the inflammatory mediators out of the nose before it has a chance to cause histamine release and all the allergic symptoms. So that's why we have mucus. It protects us, even though a lot of people get grossed out by it. So Um, do we have extra when we're ill because it's trying to produce more to catch more? And why does the color turn? Because those are inflammatory cells, white cells, leukocytes. We create many reactions when we're exposed to infection or inflammation. And each person is different, Krista. So if you've had a long history of being exposed to a lot of inflammation, you get tipped over into symptoms much quicker than the next person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So The bucket is already full, partially. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I always talk about decreasing the toxic load by three venues. One is don't put poisons on your skin. (laughs) Make sure what you put in your mouth in general is real food that's colorful And that won't sit on the shelf for 30 years and has 27 ingredients. It needs to be real food. Mm -hmm. And then the other is keep your nose clean. It's just an easy way to detox on a daily basis. Now let's talk about biofilm. Biofilm. Remember we talked about the dirty knee. So we wash the knee and it's a scrape and the cellular debris that develops in the next day or two on your wound is similar to biofilm. It's a network of cellular debris and bacteria love to hide in it and antibiotics cannot penetrate it. And often if somebody has snotty nose, they go to the doctor, they get an antibiotic, then they get a little better for a few days, then they get worse and they go back, that whole thing. After two or three courses, you often get a biofilm. And then it's hard to get rid of. In surgery, when you're in the operating room, many surgeons for the last 20, 30, 40 years actually use a surfactant, which is a soap, like baby shampoo. In the operating room, after they do the sinus surgery, they rinse with that. Over the last 20 years or so, I personally have had, I don't know, dozens of uh, both patients and clients who have had problems with biofilm and recurrent infections. And off-label, they were willing to try a suggestion I had, which was using a very pure baby shampoo, one, two, or three drops in a wash once a day to remove the biofilm, and it works. It's really remarkable. Here recently, let me step back and tell you, You know, when we wash our hands because we're trying to get rid of viruses, we wash our hands with antibacterial soap, not antiviral. Why do we do that? Because the soap 
attaches to the outside of the virus tentacles and it washes it off your hands. If you do the same in the nose, I believe it works the same. On the other side of the coin, as a doctor, I always say to myself, risk, benefit. Is there a risk to using this? Is there a benefit? And then the person has to decide for themselves. I believe that people need to make their own decisions once they're informed. So I think a little nose wash with a baby shampoo helps get rid of biofilm. And the other option is to go under the knife or use more antibiotics and then develop a fungal infection. Right. Which can't wait. Well, you answered the question I had, which was, you know, would a nasal wash really be strong enough to penetrate a biofilm? Because as you said, we think of biofilms as kind of something that's resistant, right? Like you cannot permeate or fix this problem, this bacteria, fungal, whatever glob (laughs) that's really accumulated and kind of hidden. It's created, I always think of it as plaque, right? Kind of like plaque on the teeth. Right. It's gone in and it's like, here's my protective mechanism because I want to live, right? Like everything wants to live. So it's going to protect itself to do so. I have a question about, sometimes you hear this, (laughs) I'm getting into kind of the weeds here on purpose. I don't get into mold too much, but it's a fun topic to talk about because it is relevant in today's world. It's good to be cognizant of what's behind our walls, especially if we live in areas where the homes are older. You know, our culture is now we're indoor people, right? So there's a lot of potential issues with the always being indoor people. We're not always getting light is a big thing that I like to harp on, but air quality, right? So we're thinking about all the work that the nose is doing, and we think about mold spores getting into the air, and our nose is trying to filter that. Sometimes molds come in and become biofilms as well. Have you seen that, or do you have comments around mold? Because my understanding is it's basically a fungus, and then it starts to create its own colony and replicate inside the mucous membranes. And other places, like mm-hmm. in your sinuses and, and such. Um, one of my favorite books that I've always recommended, it's a very old book, but I think it's wonderful. The name of it is My House is Killing Me mm. by John May, and it talks about environmental issues like that. I find microbalance.com, I think, is a wonderful source for approaching fungal infections with a more natural approach. Funguses are really, you're right, they like dark and they like wet. And once fungus is in the walls, it's really hard to get rid of. And we think of when someone has a fungal infection that it's very local, focal, but in fact, it really is systemic. It really does cause the endotoxins from funguses can affect many different hormones, Mm -hmm. which causes fatigue. Yeah. So you're talking about the waste products that funguses give off, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Have a negative downstream effect on lots of symptoms. So absolutely. It is. Yes. And to me, we have to work on prevention. And one of the things, okay, one is your house mold, but the other is overuse of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And that preventable. Right. Because it allows fungus to overgrow. So we haven't talked about, there's a lot of health professionals listening, but because we're interested in this nerdy topic, those of it's health professionals and those that have a chronic mucus or sinus thing that I'm pretty much pegging who's going to decide to listen to this now. Let's talk about the anatomy of the sinuses a little bit, because they're basically cavities below the eye and above the eyebrows. And so sometimes when your sinuses are full, you get a sinus headache, right? Why are the sinuses around the eyes? I was actually thinking about this recently with a client. Why would you put the sinuses around the eyes? What is the purpose of that? I'm going to have to ask God that. I know. I don't know. 
I don't know the purpose other than in general, I can tell you that if the sinuses were not empty spaces, our head would be so heavy. Mm. And, you know, we are born with two sets of sinuses. And as we get older, children, then the other two sinuses develop. Uh, We're born with the maxillary and the ethmoid, and then we have sphenoid and frontal. And the frontal is a little tiny little And you're pointing to above your eyebrows right now. Oh, yes. And then the maxillary, which are the largest and the most troublesome, is below the eyes. And the ethmoid and sphenoids are basically a bony shelf with a lot of holes, and they're very difficult to clean. So in essence, it is my humble opinion, when we're washing the nose, we are cleaning the osteomiatal complex, the traffic way where all the sinuses drain. And so we're allowing the natural sinus drainage. We are never inserting or introducing the front part of the nose debris into a sinus cavity, which is different than almost every other nose wash available. Yeah. So I want to talk about kind of literally what happens when you insert the nose wash. But before we get to that, I want to talk about frequency, safety of nose washing. And even before that, I like uh, you should see my papers when I have these interviews. I'm just kind of scribbling all over. And I'm thinking about kids because you worked in you, you know, you saw peds forever. And I think about where do we kind of develop some of our understanding of things? And I was thinking about my own mental complex around the nose. And I was thinking, you don't disturb it. Because if you pick your nose, you're gonna have a bloody nose. And I think about kids, why are their fingers always in their nose? I don't know. Do they know something? We are they trying to clear out something? Hey, on that note, are boogers just collections of debris? Yes. Okay. Well, it's dried mucus mm-hmm. with a bunch of garbage in it. Mm-hmm. And the stomach acid kills all of that. But it's in your nose. Right. Well, let me go back to the picking. Mm-hmm. Children pick because they don't have social cues that it's not polite and it's bothering them. Mm. It's really interesting, Krista. I could get a two-year-old who's never washed their nose to do it immediately you know, five minutes of an interaction, it's much harder for me to get an adult male to try it. Mm -hmm. But females are more apt to try it. The interesting thing is once males try it, then they use it on a more regular basis, it seems to me. Um, (laughs) I I think the way we approach the idea of nose washing depends on if you are nasally disabled or had a history of nose issues. There's some people who are just don't touch, don't touch because they've had so much torture. And when I mean torture, I mean, they've had symptoms and maybe they were given a nasal steroid to spray up and that burns and it makes your eyes tear. And so it's an uncomfortable experience or they think nose washing. Oh, That's going to feel like when I was 14 and my friend pushed me in the swimming pool. I'm not going to like that. Or some folks have tried the neti, love it, and go, yeah, nasal washing makes sense. And I love the idea. My approach is to go where the person is and then slowly bring them, inform them to help them meet their needs. I'm thinking more about boogers here. 
you're and still I'm, on No, I'm thinking about bacteria okay. in the nose, and I'm thinking about how the nose is connected to the throat. I'm thinking about how the throat is connected to the stomach, basically. Because you had said, hey, the stomach acid in the stomach is going to kill the bacteria. And I wasn't even thinking about you're inhaling you're inhaling 10,000 liters of air per day. Your nose is acting as a filter to the outside world. The mucus is catching bacteria, etc. And then to have postnasal drip going down your throat into your stomach is now kind of, if you don't have good stomach acid, which is a common problem because it's a gate to the rest of the GI tract. If you don't have great stomach acid, so many reasons that this is a problem, stress being a huge one, then we're kind of inoculating the GI tract with a lot of not so great fungi, bacteria, etc. Right? That is correct. Yeah. So we're making a, a little bit of a mess here. So so this goes back to the very beginning full circle, which if people are washing and cleaning this a little bit more and we're expelling some of this rather than swallowing it. Or absorbing it. Okay. So the germs that didn't get stuck in the mucus mm-hmm. and it's sitting there for, let's say, six hours, it has a chance to invade your barrier and then multiply in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is... I mean, this makes sense also because I'll work on a lot of things GI wise. And even if I'm, again, working on GI things, sometimes things will still be stuck to the nose. So I'll go about things in the nose and then we, then we have success. But this is why this topic is great to me because I look at it as an outlier, right? I knew that the nose needed its own special care. So you mentioned earlier that washing your nose, you want it to be as common as tooth brushing. So let's talk about literally the mechanics. So you held up your bottle. It looks like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you have like a hamster or a rabbit. It's kind of an angled bottle or even a, there was an arrow of baby bottles that had a curve as well for that ergonomic. So it's kind of like an elbow is the bottle is shaped kind of like an elbow. And so, and it reminds me of that and it's creating that vacuum. So you're putting it in, are you always putting it in one side and it's coming out the other side? What does this look like? Okay, that'd be great, bud. I'm going to have my associate here demonstrate, but first I'm going to walk you through it while he preps it. This is what I use. One packet in a four-ounce bottle. That's what I use. And the packet is salt and buffer? This is a sodium chloride, sodium bicarbonate mix. It is the same mix that's been used in the operating room for about 40 years. It's the mix that my mentor taught me. And it's the one that I love, but I cannot protect it. It's not patentable Mm -hmm. because it's been in use for so long. That's why I use it. It has the most buffering. One packet. This is an eight ounce bottle to start. Good water. That means previously boiled, bottled, distilled, or sterile. Okay. Mm -hmm. One packet. I'm upright. I'm looking in the mirror in the bathroom, and I'm just going to bend from my waist. And if you have really big breasts, you'll have to bend a little more. Mm -hmm. So I have water lines in my bottle so that it helps you make sure you're going parallel to the soft palate or pointing to the nape of your neck. You are never pointing upward. So you could put it in, make sure you're in a good position, make a complete seal with the nostril. I'm not going to do that here. Confirm the position. Take a breath. (gasps) And gently squeeze the bottle while you're holding your breath, and the stuff comes out the other side. So how do you, you catch can, it? <laughs> what's Kleenex? That? Do you use a Kleenex on the other side? No, I'm, my head is over the sink. Okay. Remember, I was in, I'm in mm-hmm. front of the mirror in the bathroom, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm bending at the waist, so my head is now over the sink. When I'm done washing, I look like a, I don't know what kind of animal, but you snort with your mouth closed. Oh. You 
do not roll this way with one side and then the other. Mm. If you do that, it's not the end of the world, but if you've been congested, you'll have some popping in your ears and that's because you're increased into pressure, right? Mm -hmm. By blowing. But if you snort with both nostrils open, it's not very pretty or sexy, but you won't have any issues with your nose. Mm -hmm. You put four ounces through every time you do it? So that's isotonic. That means it's only as salty as your body. And I recommend using the isotonic just to get used to the technique. If you really want to remove 80% of the allergens, shrink swollen membranes, and do all that good stuff, you need one packet in four ounces. Mm -hmm. And this is what I use. Two ounces, two ounces, I'm done for the day. Mm -hmm. You ask me how often. I suggest once a day for prevention. I suggest twice a day if you have any symptoms or you don't have any symptoms. You already did it this morning, but then you went out for a bike ride and you now have big concrete boogers or you were gardening or whatever. If you actually have an infection, and I'd love to say a word about this. If you actually have a true sinus infection, green fever, really sick, they did a study. 80% of the folks who washed their nose got better without antibiotics. Isn't that amazing? 80% of sinus infection patients who wash their nose will get better without the antibiotic. Yeah, be a great thing to be able to hand out at a doctor's office. Just go home and wash your nose instead. So I'm going to let Marcus step in this spot, and he's going to demonstrate while I... Oh, you're just going to get right. He's excited about it. Well, he's my pro. Well, I've mixed the solution. Two salt packets. I did hypertonic. Usually you'll do this over the sink. And then uh, basically just hold your breath so it doesn't go down the back of your throat. You're going to make a complete seal with the cap in your nostril. Oh, it doesn't he's, look that bad. He's holding it. He looks like a fountain. <laughs> so he's holding it all the way to the side, mostly to demonstrate some people like to hold it right in front of the face. It's just whatever's comfortable. Marcus, do you love nasal washing? Oh, yeah. I'm going to let you take care of that, and I'll take my earpiece back, and I am back. Oh, I love it. So um, once a day for prevention, maybe mm -hmm. twice a day if you have something going on. Definitely. And three to four times a day if you're infected. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. And he didn't have anything coming out, but if you have a lot of stuff going on, the early phases, you could expect stuff to come out, right? He was just showing me what came out. Mostly very tiny debris, but there's a one or two, you know. <laughs> well, he probably does uh, it every day. Yes. Right. Okay. So you're using some terms here, isotonic and hypertonic. Let's talk about what that is. Isotonic means... Our bodies are a certain amount of salt percentage, 0.9%, and, and isotonic means as much salt as your body. So there's a physics principle. Just remember this. Water follows salt. So if you're washing your nose with super salty water that's buffered, it pulls the extra swelling out of the membranes. That's why it decongests. It makes the mucus more liquidy. The mucus globs absorb just everything gets wetter, moist, and ready to come out. So the hypertonic actually does that. 
the isotonic is similar to brushing your teeth without toothpaste. And the hyper is like brushing your teeth with toothpaste. Mm, Got it. I love the analogy. So you want to put your name on your own bottle and not share your bottle with your family, right? And then what if you leave water in there? What if you like make up a solution? The instructions say after you wash, Marcus will probably go to the sink. He will wash and rinse it and then turn it over to allow them to dry until the next washing. Never allow moisture because as we started this conversation, dark and wet will develop mold. Mm -hmm. So, and then we suggest replacing the bottle every three to six months. Makes sense. And of course, sterilizing it once a week, but everything is in the instructions. So what would you say to people if they say, okay, yep, I use a saline spray. How is it different? Oh, I love that one. So imagine your muddy cut. Are you going to clean it with a spritz and you're putting some liquid on the mud, but are you really cleaning it? And most sprays have preservatives and sometimes that causes problems. Mm-hmm. Or another analogy is you have a very dry plant who really needs to get filled with water and you're spritzing the leaves where there's water droplets. So it's a little bit helpful, but moisturizes a bit, but it doesn't wash things out. Mm-hmm. Got it. So I'd love to hear a success story or two about because we kind of started this talking about kids. And you said you can't ask a kiddo to do something that you wouldn't do yourself or couldn't get the adult to do. So I think this somewhat started with wanting to help children that you knew deserved better. So let's talk about some a couple success stories of that you've seen as kids have started washing their noses. Okay, so one of the kids on one of my packages, oh, it's the little squirt to go. That is a patient of mine. That photo was taken when she was three or four. She is one of four children. That whole family is very atopic, which means both the mom and the dad have seasonal allergies. And all four kids, blonde, very allergic prone. The little girl started washing when she was about 18 months old or two years because her older brother was doing it. She is now, I think she just graduated high school, and she has not been on any antibiotics since early childhood, I think, except once she was positive for strep. That's a success story. Mm -hmm. Her brother, who's on the refill kit, a little blonde boy, his name is Matthew. He's in college, and he was the first child I met at age two of this family, and He, too, has been using it since age two, and he has, I think, been on antibiotics once in his childhood. This is a good thing. We should hand out nose washing kits instead of antibiotics, I guess. Uh, This was such a fun conversation for me because I work with atopic conditions all the time, and nasal stuff is always a conversation, and so I'm going to start testing this pretty much immediately. I look forward to gathering my own success stories about it. I'm excited. Can I share with you, there's a video of this family of four children on YouTube. I can find the name of it, but it's the four kids and they're demonstrating washing to each other. Fun. Yes. If we have that video, we can post it on social media because it's, you know, it's a visual process, right? So that'll be fun. It's a very visual. Yes. And that's why I offer anybody ever who wants to talk to me about noses, I'm on the phone all day long. I love talking noses. (laughs) You found your calling in life for sure. 
So we haven't talked about it. This is called NasoPure. Where can people find this online? You could go to our store locator on nasopure.com or you can go to amazon.com. And we can go to instagram.com and go to nasopure, which is where I'll be headed over to after this. So it looks like you have a book out as well. Uh, yes, it's a basically it's a 256 page book. Is that Crazy Horse's nose? Who's on the front of that cover? It's a nose. Oh, okay. I thought it was the nose of the Crazy Horse monument. When you flashed it by really quickly, it just really looked. It does look like that. <gasps> it does. But it's a compilation of thousands of little noses. Oh, okay. Got it. Cool. And I want to. So it has anatomy, physiology, the history of nose washing. To me, the most important chapter is the children's chapter because it has age-specific instructions. So if you have a two-year-old, I have a page of suggestions. If you have a seven-year-old, that's a totally different animal, Hmm. and you have to teach them in a different way. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that anybody, I guess I said this earlier, can call me, email me, or text me if they have any questions about nose issues. Can I say one thing? I don't want to sound too salesy, but it's important to me. This product has always been made in America. That's a good thing. We like that. Yes. And the kits are assembled by adults with disabilities and always has been since they left my basement. Mm, I love it. So I wanted to share that. Yeah, I love that so much. You didn't have shortages during 2020 as as much as (laughs) other things, maybe. Right. We were blessed. But I so much thank you for all your questions. You know, one of the things I did want to comment, you talked about the nose and I mentioned the functions, but I didn't say how your nose can affect your mood. Mm, I'd love to hear it. And your attitude, your perspective of your life that day. If you're not breathing well, it changes everything. Yeah. And then when you get used to it, you know, it becomes your normal and then you don't even realize how it can be good. Yes. Yeah. We we take everything for granted until it's not normal. And then sometimes it becomes our new normal, unfortunately, just because it doesn't seem like there's an option. So. Right. Would you like to share my ebook? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we will send you that. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes. And her product is NasoPure, the most comfortable nasal wash system. Thank you so much, Dr. Hanna. I hope I'm going to work on my nose questions, so we'll have you back, okay? Thanks so much. Enjoy the day and be well. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 